0: You ain't searching shit, you got a warrant? You're listening to Justice Radio, Acumen Law Corporation's podcast. Hi, I'm Paul Doroshenko. I'm a lawyer with Acumen Law Corporation and welcome to the Acumen Law Corporation podcast. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about the implications of a criminal record. I want to discuss to some extent the changes that we've seen with respect to the stigma of a criminal record over the last few decades. So there's various circumstances where you can get a criminal record, but it all requires you going before a judge when you're charged with a criminal offense. So if you're charged with a criminal offense, when you go to court and the judge orders that you pay a fine or you get a suspended sentence or you get a conditional sentence of jail or you get a jail sentence you end up with a criminal record in all of those circumstances the only time you wouldn't on a finding of guilt is if the judge issues you a discharge grants you a discharge either conditionally or uh, absolute so if you end up going to court for an offense say mischief or assault or theft and you end up paying a fine or you get a suspended sentence with uh, with probation You've ended up with a criminal record, and you walk out of court, and that is recorded in the uh, in the federal database, and it's available to police officers across the country to determine uh, or to be basically recording the fact that you have a criminal conviction. Now, what is the impact of a criminal conviction? I can tell you, I worked many years ago with someone at Canadian Tire. He was a supervisor, and he was convicted of impaired driving, and. Because he had to drive a five-ton truck every once in a while, backing it up to a loading bay, he had to disclose this to his employer because he ended up with a three-month disqualification from driving and he had to pay a $300 fine. So he told his employer, look, I was charged with impaired driving. I've been convicted of this offense. I'm sorry about it. I can't back the truck up for the next little while. And his employer was relatively uh, accepting and accommodating uh, and understood that uh, you know this was not going to affect him. It wasn't a, a, an issue of him being an immoral person or something like that. So he continued on with his job. But unfortunately, there was a significant stigma to it. So he looked at it from the perspective of a person now with a criminal conviction saying to himself, well, I can't apply for a job advancement at Canadian Tire because if I apply for advancement, they're gonna open up my file, see my criminal conviction, be reminded of that again, and not advance me for anything. And then he thought, well, could I go work somewhere else? If I go to work somewhere else, the new employer is gonna phone to get a reference, even if they don't do a criminal record check, they're gonna phone for a reference from the Canadian Tire he was working at, and the Canadian Tire was gonna disclose to him you know, the new employer, the fact that he had a criminal conviction. So he was basically stuck in that employment situation. And, of course, it also became a bit of a precarious, precarious employment situation. It became a difficult employment situation where he felt that he didn't have any authority or power anymore. And the reason for that was, you know, they might use that fact of the criminal conviction to demote him later on. They might use the fact of the criminal conviction as one of the grounds for dismissal later on. Uh, you know there's they might just say we have we've had a policy change in uh, in this store and we're no longer going to employ anyone who has a criminal conviction and use that as a reason to uh, to terminate his employment. So it's unfortunate you know when he went to court and was found guilty of that I doubt he had any idea about the long-term implications uh, that a criminal record would have for him. Now that was a long time ago that was a In the late 80s that uh, I knew that fellow and you know of course he could have applied for a pardon and maybe he has Uh, hopefully he's moved on in his life but that's sort of the stigma of a criminal record at that time but that of course was before the internet and now you can find on CSO online whether or not a person's been uh, charged with an offense committed uh, convicted of an offense what the sentence was Uh, as well many employers big and small know now that they can compel you to sign a document that lets them check to see whether or not you have a criminal record. And of course, you find yourself in the same circumstance as this fellow did. They can terminate you when they find out you have a criminal record. They can refuse you employment. They could say that there's a policy change so they no longer are going to employ a person with a criminal record. They can use it just to hold you back. They can use it to justify paying you less. And so even if this fellow in this scenario got a job somewhere else and they didn't find out that he had a criminal record once he started his new job he could be a month into it two months into it six months into it they could say look we want you to sign this document that lets us get a copy of your criminal record and this now is a fairly common occurrence Uh, we see it in in uh... companies not just major companies it used to be just large organizations but now it's large organizations and small organizations they may approach their employee at some point down the road and demand that they sign a document that lets them get a copy of the criminal record. And what happens when they get it? Well, they may get it and they may use it as, uh, to say that there's been material nondisclosure in your employment agreement and they might use it to terminate you. They might use it to keep you from advancing in the organization. They might hold on to it. And use it at some later date when they've decided they want to downsize or something like that, and they don't want to pay you some severance. They can basically set it up to terminate you at a later date by virtue of the fact that you've got this just by making a policy change. So that is one of the uh, some of the unfortunate results or repercussions of a criminal record when it comes to work. But of course, it's not just work; Uh, it can also be something like a cross-border trip if you've got a conviction for a. A summary offense or a uh, indictable offense the border crossing officials can see that on their computer system and they can make that determination as to whether or not you're going to be admissible and we've seen the uh, changes in the US administration in the last year uh, have led to them um, basically refusing people entry for even minor offenses now which uh, wouldn't necessarily have been the case uh, a few years ago Pretty much any drug offense that you've got on your record, possession of marijuana from uh, the Port Alberni hotel parking lot in 1976 is likely to make you inadmissible to the United States just as uh, we don't allow people with criminal convictions into Canada in many cases. What about licensing? If you are applying to be a realtor you've got to disclose any criminal record you're not likely to become a realtor in most circumstances private investigator there's all sorts of different licenses, of course, firearm licensing, uh, if you've got any conviction for a criminal uh, offense that's uh, violent in, in any way, you're likely to, uh, to be in a circumstance where you're never going to be able to, uh, to lawfully have a firearm. Some, certain uh, business licenses you will not be able to get. One person uh, was a horse owner uh, and he lost his license for you know, whatever the use of that horse was because he was convicted in trafficking steroids, for example. This is the unfortunate impacts of a criminal record. One of the most disturbing ones is when you end up in a situation where you're trying to resolve custody issues when a relationship breaks down and there are children involved. So, you may be the person with a criminal record, or perhaps your former partner has a criminal record, and uh, your character is going to be before the court when they determine where the children are going to live and. Uh, how much time uh, you're going to be able to spend with your children or whether or not you're going to only be able to spend supervised time with your children. This is an issue that the courts resolve in many cases. And unfortunately, um, you know, if you do have a criminal record, that is likely to play into the decision that is made with respect to the uh, amount of time you have with your children, whether or not you um, uh, have complete shared custody or or something more limited. So those are the general probably most discussed impacts of a criminal record but I want to get back to this fellow at Canadian Tire and sort of the the thing that's not discussed and that is the personal stigma on you. You end up with a criminal conviction uh, particularly if you're a young person and before you have that criminal conviction you realize mm, all doors are open and once you have that criminal conviction uh, it becomes apparent fairly quickly that all doors are not open anymore and that may stop you from applying for certain jobs. It may cause you to think that maybe you shouldn't go to school for certain occupations because your criminal conviction, uh, even if you have a pardon down the road, is likely to keep you from uh, from working in that field. Basically, anything on uh, policing will is, is out once you've got a criminal conviction. There are lawyers who have criminal convictions, but most people wouldn't think to apply to law school if they've got a criminal conviction. It's the sense of how it weighs on you. It's the sense of the personal implications. It's the sense of the personal stigma that seems to be lost often in the discussion of the impact of a criminal record. And of course the impact of a criminal record as I said has become more significant because uh, more people are able to access it and know methods in which they can compel for example an applicant to a school. Or an employer, employee uh, looking for work, they can compel uh, individuals in those circumstances to give access to uh, to the organization to to locate the criminal record. So it is concerning uh, to us that we see this happening. Uh, it's also concerning to us, particularly when we see that the federal government has introduced legislation that would give criminal records to people with very very small. Levels of THC in their blood uh, while driving. You know, they don't seem to be thinking of the implication for Canadians of, of handing out criminal records uh, willy nilly. The legislation that was likely to pass uh, with respect to um, uh, marijuana impaired driving has set the levels of THC very low and also instituted or created, uh, written into law a mandatory minimum sentence which is a fine which means if a person is convicted or found guilty of that they can't even get a discharge they end up with a mandatory minimum of a fine and a criminal conviction which is uh, really over the top and disproportionate uh, in my view one common misconception many people have is that if they have a criminal conviction that after a period of time it's just going to disappear so they think ten years after they've been convicted that it's not going to be there on their criminal record anymore The way that you get rid of a criminal conviction is through a pardon application. It doesn't, uh, of course, get rid of the conviction. It just uh, uh, basically seals the criminal record and will have long-term implications as a result of that. In any event, thank you for listening to the Acumen Law Corporation podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank the recording engineer today, Brent Holmes of Brazen Bull Creative Marketing, uh, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again.